Welcome everybody to the DC Tweet Team podcast. This is episode number 53. I am your host, Andy Burrows, and today I'm privileged to say that I am joined by the Washington Post's Les Carpenter. Les, how are you, sir? Thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh, I'm doing well. How are you today? I am I am very good. I am very good. It's the uh, it's the end of the week, another lockdown week here in the UK, but I'm getting there slowly but surely trying to get through this lockdown, uh, Les. But um, I really appreciate you coming on to talk some Washington football. So, Les, on the Friday show, we like to look back at the last few days, press conferences, big news points, and then look forward to the, to the weekend's game against the Bengals. And um, there's been a very big... Um, News story over the last couple of days, Jason Wright and the team have come out and said, look, the Washington football team could keep this name. They could end up as Washington FC. I know a lot of fans are up in arms, uh, which a lot of them have contacted me to shout them out on the show, which I'll, I'll, I'll get to. But what's your initial thoughts, Les, on maybe the Washington football team remaining the Washington football team? I'm not sure if I really see that. Uh, I don't know how comfortable everyone is yet. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure anyone really knows what they want to do. Uh, they've kind of sorted through a lot of names. I think there's a lot to look at. I, I, you know, I was thinking about it at the game in Detroit. Uh, and, of course, we're sitting here in these empty stadiums. And, uh, you know, it's funny when you go on the road and you see how people perceive the name. Uh, and how it's handled in each place you go. So uh, there's a kickoff in Detroit, and here the announcer goes, and football team takes the ball, you know, the stadium announcer. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, boy, that just – first down, football team. And, you know, yeah, can they, do they not say, like, first down? Obviously, we only hear what this says on the TV, so they just say it's just purely all the time football team. They don't say, like, first down, Washington. It's always well, just football team. Well, and it depends. Some places you go, and they do. Uh, okay. It's interesting that there are people who just think, well, the team name must be football team because you have mm-hmm. Washington and then football team. Uh, so I, it's going to be very awkward, and I can't really see that sticking. Um you know, I always thought they should have gone with football club, and I don't know the reasons why uh, they picked team over club. Uh, and it may simply be just, uh, hey, Ron Rivera was starting trying to instill sort of a, you know, a culture of team there, and we'll just call ourselves team. Um, but uh, but I, I, I think football club definitely has a better ring to it than team. Yeah, I mean, obviously me being over here in the UK, I'm used to football club. And that was none of the names that's been branded around the last few days. Our, our future name could be the Washington Football Club. I mean, I've been interacting with people on social media the last couple of days. And today, uh, people like uh, Rick Bates here, um, he support uh, supported the team name, but he wants like a, a real name and an identity. Do you feel that the team, are they're missing an identity at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't think that would matter at first. I thought, oh, we'll just play with this. It'll be fine. But I, I see them out there with the numbers on the helmets and the numbers on the helmets look nice. I, I, I thought it was kind of cool when it was first presented. Uh, but over time, I think you know, they really kind of miss having that logo, having that identity, uh, having a name, having something you build around. Uh, it all feels very temporary. And then, you know, peripherally with a, sort of a rebuilding season, but it's, uh, you know, it's such a lousy division. You're kind of competing for a division still, but you're still having that rebuilding season that, you know, everything just feels like it's in a state of, you know, just, just suspended animation. It's just this huge state of flux and you don't know what's going to happen. 
feels so temporary that I do think you need a name. Uh, and you do need something to sort of get everyone to rally around. It's okay to do in this weird year of coronavirus and empty stadiums, but at some point you're going to be welcoming fans back for real, and you're going to have to sell tickets, and you're going to have to build an identity, you have to build a name, you're going to have to try and get a stadium built in, in Washington area, and you want to build momentum behind that. You don't want to be the Washington football team when you do that. You want to try and have something – to to sort of build around i think yeah i think that matters very much i guess i'm a long rambling way of saying yes i do think a name and an identity is essential and will have to eventually come yeah i was chatting to a a friend of ours on the podcast who interacts with us quite a lot johnny on uh on twitter today and he said we seem to if we keep this name we're going to lose a lot of the younger fan base they need to, they're, it's very like, it's, it's a modern thing, isn't it? It's like Redskins was the name. You look at other franchises, you've got Panthers, you've got, you know, you, there's all other sorts of things. Football club and football team, they're saying, doesn't resonate with the younger, the younger audience. Do you think that we have to take that into consideration when thinking of a new name? Because, you know, Redskins was around for hundreds of years or, you know, over a hundred years whatever we choose now is going to affect future generations supporting this team, would you say? Well, the problem with with the old name was that it was something that people weren't rallying around as much. Certainly there were groups of fans that do, and there were older fans that did. But, uh, you know, in the area where I live, literally just over the border of D.C. into into Maryland, uh, you know, it was kind of something you didn't, there was a word you didn't say. It was a name, it was Mm -hmm. was gear you didn't wear anymore. I remember going to my daughter's school and seeing a, a clock that said Redskins on it had a logo, the old, you know, the logo that been up until this year, this is last year. And I remember thinking, whoa, that's a surprise. I don't see that around anymore. And so mm-hmm. I think that was part of the issue. By the way, that clock had disappeared the next time I was there. Um, <laughs> but again, that, that, that was sort of, that, that was one thing that was going on too. I, I think the bigger deterioration of the fan base for this team in this market, which has kind of coincided with the decline of, say, the last decade, uh, you know, was, was robbing the team of young fans anyway. The kids around here, and I would say, you know, a broad path of the D.C. area, uh, you know, they're growing up with uh, the Nationals who had won a World Series. They're growing up with the Caps and, you know, maybe a little less the Wizards because the Wizards hadn't played well. But, I mean, what I'm saying is, is that this is an area that used to be very transient. It has now become an area that really has developed into a city where people have moved and decided to stay. It's a large metro area of permanent people now. And that and that's really grown, you know, in the last two decades. And as that has grown, fewer and fewer people have come to live and die with this football team. They've moved on to other things or they just adopted other things. And so I think for this franchise to to kind of win back that group yeah you would want a new identity that you could get people excited about but you also want uh you want something that you want something sustainable i mean rivera talks a lot about it but i think he's right a sustained winning culture they desperately need that here a name would help with that a name would be essential i think to move on with that but you need that culture in general you just need that winning uh you need two or three years of winning to get people excited again yeah, I mean, I've said for a while now, if you put a good product on the field, you know, what I mean, the the name will not take a back seat and not become like less irrelevant. But I think if we can start winning games and we get like I said, like to say on people on Twitter, they were like um, Matt reached out to me. If they don't change the name, 
I'm done. I'm never going to support the team ever again. I said, even say for argument's sake that we made the playoffs next season or something, you know, we improved drastically. Would that still be the case? And he was like, yep. He said, if we stay the Washington football team or turn into the Washington football club, uh, I'm done. So I think the team are, are kind of in a lose-lose situation when you say they're, they're always going to upset someone with whatever happens. <laughs> well, of course, but you're going to do that with anyone. Uh, I, I think two or three years of winning really, really builds it back. I mean, I before I lived in Washington, I lived in Seattle and I covered the Seahawks in 1997 and 1998 seasons. When I moved there in 1997, they had had a great run in the 80s and, and even in the early 90s, and then it just plummeted. And I got there at the absolute low point in 1997 when you know the season ticket base in the kingdom was 30 some thousand people and look at what seattle has become again you rebuild the winning and that other stuff kind of follows along and then you sustain it and then i think it will kind of it'll swell again uh any other thing here is the stadium the stadium is huge and um so there's almost two prongs they're working with uh the name and and then the stadium and i do think this is what you know jason wright's great focus is in fact maybe even more than the name i don't know uh could be the stadium because this is this is an absolute important thing for them to do over the next say two years really 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 make major progress on a stadium and get and figure out where that's going to be how you can do that and they're kind of lining up the people you can see it in some of the hires they've made in recent days in the front office they're all people that kind of you know understand the policy you know the world the, the political world of washington and have dealt with stadium issues in this city before uh, and you kind of think, okay, now they're lining up a team that might really be able to go in and do something here. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I've had like Rick, people like Rick Snyder on uh, past shows, and I spoke to him a few times, and he's he's of the opinion, you know, Dan Snyder's reputation will need to improve before they even consider us having a stadium in DC, or we might just have to redevelop FedEx. I mean, what's your opinion? Do you think it could be? redevelop FedEx and play somewhere else for a few seasons while that gets done? Or is it a case of all these people that we are bringing in now? Jason Wright, Julie Donaldson, there's been more appointments this week. Yes, obviously, Dan Snyder's still there and his his uh, value, is uh, the opinion of him in DC isn't great. But it would be beneficial for us to be back in DC, wouldn't it? Like, people even mentioned the old RFK site. Yeah, I think the old RFK site is the one that everybody sort of has in their mind and targeted. But there's a lot of you know, it's a lot of obstacles there because it's uh, it's federal parkland. So then you have to get Congress involved. You have to get the Department of Interior devol- involved. Uh, changing the name helped a lot toward doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. It removes some of those barriers, especially if the, the House is going to remain Democrat. Now you've got a Democrat presidential you know, administration coming in. Uh, and obviously, the D, you know, most of the D.C. government has, has been Democratic and has, you know, kind of held that sort of line that, you know, you want name change before you even consider having the team back in the city. I, I think, it's, you know, that, that, that may be a little overstated, yeah. but whatever. Those were all issues that are gone now. That helps. I, you know, Jason Wright uh, has very good friends in politics. That, I think, helps. Uh, and, and these hires, and they're kind of quiet hires, but each one of them, you look at their backgrounds and you say, oh, okay, you know, this person... This person's worked on Capitol Hill. Oh, this person has, uh, you know, dealt with stadium issues. They just hired, uh, you know, a, a general counsel who was with the Washington Nationals. Well, I don't think he was there when they built the stadium. He certainly dealt with stadium issues with the city. And you start to look at it and think, mm-hmm. oh, okay, they're, they're lining the right people up here. 
uh, for maybe yeah. making that move. At the same time, they're slowly getting all the pieces of the puzzle. Would you say? And and again, you're you're dealing with three totally different municipalities, very unique in in kind of stadium world. Since places usually are just dealing with one city, one government, but you're dealing with a district, you're dealing with Maryland, you're dealing with Virginia. So you do have, you can play Maryland off Virginia, you can play Virginia off DC, you can you can do a lot of different things politically to kind of get your best bet going forward. Though I think everyone would probably prefer this to be in D.C. Uh, I don't think the options in, in Maryland, you know, are appealing to fans because it would basically be going back to FedEx site or Virginia. You'd be looking at things sort of in distant suburbs of Virginia. Uh, I think it would be best to be centrally located. And I think that's what everyone is probably hoping to do. Yeah, well, let's let's hope it um let's hope it all gets uh sorted out soon. I mean, I know it it affects uh, a lot of people, and it is a, it has been a big talking point this week. Um, but let's moving on to uh this weekend's game. Uh, another big talking point. Uh, I think it came out today, or it might have been yesterday. Ron Rivera speaking to the Bengals media said he would have selected Joe Burrow at number two even with Haskins in the building. A lot of fans have come out today, and I've seen many, many tweets that are saying this is just kind of a another kick in the teeth to Dwayne Haskins. Was it something you feel that Ron Rivera needed? Did that need to come out uh, that it's something he said or, you know, should he have not made them? Quite a lot of fans are saying, why would you even say that? We haven't got Joe Burrow yet. It would have been great. I mean, I, I would have loved him in our organisation. But do you feel it's just another kick in the teeth to Dwayne Haskins? I mean, it just seems to me it's just something else to have a go at him about, if that makes sense. I don't know if I would necessarily say he was trying to kick Dwayne in the teeth. Um, you know, obviously, there's been a lot of frustration internally with, with Haskins because mm-hmm. of the fact that he did not sort of take that step that they hoped he would when they gave him the job. Uh, and so now it kind of sets them back a year in sort of development. Uh, so I think there's some frustration there. Um, but I, you know, I, I think some of what he said, reading those quotes, I, I haven't heard the actual recording of it, but just reading those quotes, uh, I, I kind of think that maybe, maybe Ron was sort of, you know, just trying to talk up the local kid to the media in Cincinnati yep. uh, to some degree. I, I don't think it was ever an issue because we knew the Bengals were going to draft Joe Burrow. It wasn't even a question. Uh, so, I, you know, I mean, he had opportunities to get other quarterbacks this offseason and chose for various reasons not to. Uh, you know, he could have drafted Tua, for instance. Uh, so I don't yeah. know that I necessarily read everything into that, but yeah, there is definitely a frustration with Haskins. Uh, I, you know, I, I think they would like to continue to move forward with him in some form, whether he's the starter or just try to see if you can point where maybe he does wind up being your quarterback of the future. But I, I don't know that they're so strongly in that position of being able to do that, that they wouldn't just completely move on. I, I think it's uh, it's a little bit sort of fluid right now. Yeah, I mean, also listening to Ron Rivera speak this week, I'm getting the sense that a lot of fans that I've spoke to throughout the week, I'm we're all kind of getting the sense that Alex Smith could be a star again next season. I mean, what would you, what well, would you I say to that? Well, I wrote a piece about that um, off Sunday's game. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, That's yeah. I, you know, <laughs> it was a preposterous idea a month ago. It was a preposterous idea 
uh, this summer when they, you know it seemed like okay, he's been cleared to play. We're all sort of looking at each other like, what do you mean? And you know, I think they were a little bit internally too because remember nobody was in the building, so they couldn't physically see him. And then he shows up to camp and he's really ready and he just kind of keeps moving along. I you know from the sense I kind of get from Smith and he talks, I he's a little surprised by all this, but. Yeah, he's held up quite well. He's played quite well. Now he's not a 390, you know, yards a game passer, nor probably should he be. Um, you know, his brilliance has always been getting the team to just overall play better. And if he's healthy uh, and he can hold up, and his body seems to be showing that he can, yeah, I mean, why not? That's what they traded for him for. I mean, that's why he has the long-term deal, mm-hmm. you know, is that he would be playing this year and last year and next year. And so, yeah, if he's this year's quarterback for the rest of the year and next year's quarterback too, and maybe even the year after that, and that, you know, I, I think anything beyond that would be, you know, just not even worth discussing, uh, then he's your bridge to whatever the next thing is. And so that that will take some time maybe to see, but if he continues to play like this and, and hold up, then, yeah, he may be your best bet. And then you kind of figure out in the draft next year, do you take someone or do you slowly work Dwayne behind him or whatever it is? Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's very much on the table right now and maybe the best option. Yeah, let's last one on this. Do you think that Dwayne Haskins would have the patience to sit behind Alex Smith for another season? He's got a taste of what it's like to be a starter in the NFL now. Or do you think he'd want to go and find another organization? And you play? know, I think one of the things that always has hurt Haskins, uh, because he is, you know, I mean, I, he's definitely a good person. He's not lazy. I know that's been a, a label that's been attached to him. He's not it at all. Uh, I just think he hasn't quite figured out what all it takes to be a starter in the NFL. And a lot of that came from the fact that he only was a starter for one year at Ohio State. There wasn't a lot of that adversity. There wasn't a lot of that climb that he had to make. Um, you know, certainly he faced adversity last year, but now he's facing more. And and, and this is all going to toughen him and harden him and, and, and may make him ultimately a better quarterback down the road. So, yeah, he may not be happy about it. Maybe he wouldn't be happy about sitting next year, but maybe that would be the best thing knowing that in two years he really can be ready to sort of take that whole, I don't know how I want to put it, but that whole, you know, be able to handle what it takes to be a quarterback in this league. I don't know. I mean, and they, he may want to move on. They may want to move on. I, you know, that, and that's a very real possibility. Uh, and then maybe they would draft somebody somewhere in this draft, maybe not even high, but draft somebody with the idea of bringing them along if they really like that person. Uh, I, yeah. I think there's a lot there, but yes, I do think going back ultimately, Alex Smith, if he proves healthy, could turn out to be the best, the be- or stay healthy, could turn out to be the best option here In, for the media. Wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, very. I mean, I, I saw your piece and that you wrote, and it's, yeah, it's very interesting. Like you say, this time last month, if you had said to any of us, Alex Smith will be the, could be the starter coming next season, we'd have all, we'd have all laughed. But it, yeah, it's a, a distinct possibility now, Les. It could happen. Um, Moving on to Sunday's game, Les, what do you think that we need to improve on as a team to go and get a, a, a well-needed <laughs> victory this uh, this Sunday? Obviously, we've got, you know, we could have Morgan Moses at left tackle. There's talk of Kendall Fuller playing at safety. Uh, Hopkins, he hasn't practiced for most of the week. He could be out, so someone else could come in to replace him. What are you thinking ahead of this weekend's game, my well, friend? Well, I think there's a couple of things. First of all, they just have to start better. 
you know, yep. I, it, it was kind of it, it shocked me to think about it uh, as they were going down the field, uh, you know, moving so well at the start of the Detroit game. And I thought they were going to score on the first drive. And it occurred to me, well, they haven't scored the first drive all year this year. Uh, yep. It would help them, I think, to just get a good start. They need to do a better job of protecting Alex Smith early. I thought they did well in the second half. And again, they're kind of just still getting used to Alex and Alex still getting used to, you know, coming back in his offense and all of that. Um, but he, the, you know, I, I felt like a couple drives stalled early in Detroit because he was under pressure. If you can kind of keep that pressure down, uh, you know, I, I think that would certainly help on the other end. You know, linebackers just have to keep playing better. It's been a point that, that keeps coming up and coming up and coming up. Uh, it just you, you, like they've had two or three weeks in a row now where it just feels like teams have just run the ball almost at will on, on, on Washington. And it really is because that the linebackers just aren't coming up to plug up those gaps when the, when the guys are surging forward up front. And so I think that's sort of the other big thing right now. If you can get the linebackers playing better and you can protect Alex Smith better, uh, you know, I think that's going to go a long way. And the third thing, by the way, would be getting more pressure on the quarterback. They have at times, and they've played well at times, and I still think the strength is up front with this team, uh, although the corners have played well, but the strength still remains up front. It's mm. just a matter of you've got to get to quarterbacks. Stafford had plenty of time to throw, but when they have been able to get to passers, they've had success. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals have allowed the second most sacks in the National Football League this season. So, I mean, as much as criticism has come in the last few weeks, people like Chase Young could could have a really, really good game this week. Do you think it's been unfair, Les, the criticism oh, that he's coming for being, being a rookie? And obviously the mistake he made last week. I mean, I've read some stupid things this week. I'm like, are you kidding me? This guy... He's, he's got the potential where he is going to be a great football player. And some of the stuff I've read this week on social media or wherever it be from fans, I mean, you know, we've all got an opinion. This is the world we live in and the social media world we live in. But you'd think that, you know, the way some fans are going on this week, it's like they wanted him out of the organisation. It's like, yeah, I, I don't understand any of that because I think he's played quite well. Uh, he's double teamed and, and even triple teamed a lot. And that means that other guys have to step up. Uh, but he's definitely changed, you know, te- what what teams are doing. Uh, teams are, you know, running plays away from him because he's actually been pretty good on the run as well. Uh, if you can sort of bottle up the, you know, the gaps up the middle uh, with, with the, you know, with the linebackers playing a little better, then I think what Chase Young is doing would actually play up a lot more. I, I think he's actually allowed that secondary, for instance, to play better. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's been everything that they would want him to be. Sure, they would prefer big sack numbers, but teams are really trying to make sure that Chase Young's not going to beat him and someone else will and that someone else isn't doing it. Um, yeah, I don't think it was a dumb pick. I don't think it was the wrong move. I, I've seen, I was looking at, I think it was Pro Football Focus or someone the other day did a, a redraft. Uh, people wanted to do redrafts, and I think they had uh, they had Washington taking Tua at number two, and Chase Young was further down. I, I I still would do what Washington did last year. I still would take Chase Young over Tua, and I think Tua has been wonderful. I just think Young is that good a player, and has shown that he can be that good a player. Um, and uh, you know we'll see about Tua. That's a de- that's a separate story. Uh, you know Young also did have the injury, and that that slowed him for a bit. Uh, but no, I, I, I think he's been quite good. I, I do not think he's the problem at all. 
Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there play, players moving and drafts. Ron Rivera was asked yesterday about Eric Reed, saying uh, that ship might not have sailed. What do you What do you think on that, Les? Do you think oh, it, it could happen? if both sides wanted it? I, you know, I sort of understood the each each side's issue on that one a few weeks ago. Uh, Rivera, I think, you know, wanted to put him on the practice squad at first and then let him work his way back up to see, first of all, physically, was he there? Cause he hadn't played all year and he hadn't been around football. Could he work his way back in, uh, health wise or, you know, fitness wise, I should say, uh, mm-hmm. while also taking a look at another guy on the roster that they wanted to Jeremy Reeves. Um, and I think Eric Reese, I guess like, you know, I'm Eric Reese. I played in this league a long time. I don't need to go on your practice squad. I believe me, I've stayed in shape. I think both, both sides made a very valid point there. Uh, so yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that's a little more desperate on Washington's end and, you know, maybe, maybe Eric Reed, uh, you know, feels like, okay, well, this might be one on shot. I really do want to take it. Maybe they can figure out some kind of middle ground there. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't think it was from my understanding, it was left in a bad spot with either one of them. Yeah, I mean, talking about players, I mean, someone that's improved in the last few weeks, I think it started with the Giants game a few weeks ago. I'd be interested to get your thoughts, Les. I've been really impressed. Cam Sims seems to have come out of his show and is really performing. He's like stepping up as a second wide receiver. I mean, do you think we'll see more yeah, of him this weekend? Yeah, I mean, he's played really well. I mean, the opportunities there. The interesting thing is when we kind of look at this team, I mean, you know, going in, I think you would have said that there's you know, it's just not a lot of weapons. The Kelvin Harmon injury kind of hurt because it would have been great to have, you know, he seemed to have been making kind of some progress last year. He kind of, you know, it felt like he could be that good number two behind McLaurin maybe and Cam Sims, I mean, uh, Steven Sims and kind of maybe a little group there. Uh, you know, and then in some ways I was sort of surprised that Cam Sims has arrived yet another cut at the, uh, at the end of camp. Mm-hmm. But yes, he is, he is definitely emerged. He's played well. He can't run the same routes that that McLaren can because he's he's big and long and but he's he's got you know he can go up and get balls and and the thing is is that he's always been a worker and I think that was kind of an Alabama thing I think that's why they got so many guys from Alabama and why they they took a look at him uh, a couple of years ago was the Alabama guys well, you know it's just sort of ingrained in them you're just you're just gonna be that hardworking guy and so he's kind of done that very quietly and. If you remember, I mean, he had that he had that very intriguing camp a couple of years ago, and then he got literally, I think it was the first play of the season, the kickoff in Arizona, he got hurt. And then, you know, and it just got worse and worse yeah. the ankle, and he just never really got going again. So in some ways, this is, I don't want to say a rookie year for him, but maybe a second year for him, uh, even though it's his third in the league. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's. It's kind of the potential we always saw with him, but we didn't know if it would ever materialize. And wow, it finally really is. Yeah. Um, last few for me, Les, it's really good to get your views and opinions. There's someone that's around the team and knows his team inside out. How would you rate our coordinators so far this season, Les? Obviously, the players come in for a lot of criticism. So we've got like Scott Turner and Jack Del Rio. How do you think they've, uh, they've done in their first season with us so far? We're just over the halfway point. Uh, was it seven or eight games left? To yeah, go? how would you assess hard, their performance? Hard thing to judge because first you you didn't have it's a new staff. Uh, secondly, you didn't have the real off season where they were able to kind of get you know what they wanted to and the things they wanted to install in place and the, the relationships built. Uh, and then with Scott, you know, Turner, it's hard to judge him because it's his first year doing this. 
That said, I, I would say it's it's a mixed bag, uh, but with some positive uh, with some positive signs. Obviously, Jack Del Rio's experience; he's done this. Uh, the defense ranks high in a lot of different categories. You can see at moments where the defense really does control uh, control things. Um, I still think there's a little bit of complexity that that guys are are struggling with. I don't know if he has enough, maybe a diff- different option. Uh, but I thought, you know, keep Tlaib doing it, who's the uh, color commentator on the game the other day, made a really good point about Kendall Fuller being asked to do an awful lot of things. And that's what kind of led to that second touchdown there in the Detroit game where you sort of him and Jimmy Moreland were sort of stuck and the ball went right in the middle of them. Yeah, I made that point on the, very, uh, the podcast, point the Lions maybe, one. You know, this is a guy who played with Del Rio, played for Del Rio. Sometimes, you know, maybe asking a little too much for this younger group, maybe you need to simplify it. Uh, on the other side with, with Scott Turner, uh, you know, it's hard to judge again because you change quarterbacks a couple times and, you know, all these other things. He has made some very intriguing play calls. He's had, when he gets into a flow, he gets into a very, he gets into a good flow. Uh, you can argue that maybe there's a little too much trickery there. Uh, at some point, you kind of just have to be able to run just a regular offense. But I, I, mm-hmm. I think he's, I think he's, He's shown some very good signs. It's just a matter of can he find the quarterback that fits him, the quarter, you know, can a quarterback fit what he does? Can you get, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, and I think they're still trying to feel that through. He's on the third guy now, but I do think that the stuff that they run is stuff that Alex is comfortable with. And so I, you know, maybe, maybe, and maybe that's why Alex's numbers have been so good. Maybe, maybe if we see a little more time with Scott Turner as, as a coordinator and Alex with the quarterback, we'll feel like, wow, Turner's really kind of getting the flow here. You can see it. So it's a mixed bag. I do see some good signs, but you know, there's when you're two and seven, there's a lot. You know, <laughs> <you're two and laughs> seven. Yeah, no, yeah. Yes, it's very difficult when you are two and seven. Uh, Talking of our record, Les, last one for me, my friend. I'm really grateful for your time today. Uh, With your crystal ball out, Les, how do you think the uh, rest of the season pans out for the Washington? It's a good question because I have constantly thought this whole year that this was a team that was going to struggle first and then slowly get better and get better and and it would be a, a run somewhere at the end. And and part of that I'm basing, I may be basing too much of this on Rivera's track record in Carolina. His Carolina teams often, you know, I, I'd say more than half the time started two and five. You know, I, I don't know if they were ever in the two and seven hole, but mm-hmm. there's things like this and then turned it around. There was always that great November, December run. They were always good November, December teams. Uh, and so I've kind of been waiting for that here. Maybe it's just so many other things working against it. Not the least of which is the off, you know, the off, the, the off field turmoil that we've talked about, but also the his cancer, the coronavirus, all those other things that kind of have limited the ability to really take off. Uh, but I keep thinking there's enough talent here. This team just feels closer and closer and closer. I thought that run was going to come a couple of weeks ago. It didn't quite happen. I keep thinking it's there, and I keep thinking this team will have that three or four game winning streak which in this division might be enough to win it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we could, we could be in the playoffs. Just, well, that's the bright sign for the future here. It's like a playoff run. But I do I yeah. feel like it's there. I don't know. It's a tough schedule the rest of the way, but I do feel that that, that moment's coming. And I and I see four wins in a row, three wins in a row coming up. I, I don't – I could be wrong on this, but I, I just feel like that's about to happen. 
I, yeah, well, I, I hope you're right, Les. That would be a, that would be especially with you know Thanksgiving and the Cowboys coming up again. You'd like to think we'd win that, pick up a win this weekend. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hopeful. Uh, we've got to be. We haven't got much else, like you say. We've only won two games, but yeah, like you say, let's be a good November December team and uh, and see where see where we can finish. But Les, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, to come on our podcast. I enjoy reading your work. I'm lucky enough over here in the UK. I get to uh, I get to read a lot of it online. So uh, keep doing what you're doing, my friend. Uh, I really appreciate you and thanks oh, so well, much thank for coming you. on the fun. podcast. Uh, No problem. I'll talk to you again soon, my friend. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.